Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I did that obnoxious thing of wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving on Saturday. Way too early. But here we are, Thanksgiving week. This is our lone live show here of the BWI Live Show because of the schedule. So I just want to say to you guys, happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate everything you guys have done for the channel, for the show, and, uh, you know, for us and for the fans. So Fitz, Nate, thank you so much. Nate, how you doing today? Happy New Year to you, T. Frank. <laughs> I'd like to wish you a good Valentine's Day. <laughs> we can wait we can wait until the day of it's okay yeah well uh i'm not going to be on the internet the day of uh i'll oh, be here tomorrow fair. on uh on our bwi live show for wednesday as always that is our pre-recorded video so this is our chance to interact with you the fans you got questions you got things you want to know you want to shout out the internet again we got one more opportunity we will be live on friday but it'll be our game day coverage the tailgate show and the post game show fits uh, I always like to come to you last because I want you to start the show off for us. So same to you. Thank you for everything you've done for Blue White Illustrated. Happy Thanksgiving. How you feeling today uh, about this final week? Feeling okay. I, I think uh, I just can't get the thought out of my mind of what kind of psychopath it would take to take a dinner roll over cornbread. But that's kind of where I'm stuck this week. So if you watched the press conference yesterday from James Franklin, you got it right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at. We're uh, no school tomorrow. No, obviously no school for the rest of the week. So that's I'm, I'm mentally preparing for the next couple of days. Family time. It's going to be great. Love, love the family. But uh, there's still a little bit of football to talk about Friday night at Ford Field. Um, mm -hmm. Not in this weather. It's horrendous out uh, in State College right now. Uh, not horrendous, but it's it's not nice out in State College. Our first fall uh, weather, really. I mean, it's it's fall wintry mix type stuff. It just it yeah. all comes at once. I mean, that's how it, that's how we do it in State College. So. But uh, Friday night, Michigan State, a team in, uh, as my old high school coach would say, in disarray. Um, but they have won a, a couple uh, in the last couple of weeks. So it's uh, it's an interesting matchup. And it's it's one that I think Penn State fans circle every year because of the struggles that Penn State has had, uh, usually in East Lansing. So yeah. I think the the, the uh, neutral site helps. But it's still an intriguing matchup nonetheless with an offense, uh, with a Penn State offense that's been sputtering like it has. So, Fitz, I, one really important thing that we have to get here. Are we talking homemade rolls or rolls from the store like you're buying the rolls? Because to me, I, I there's a the, fundamental difference. I think the inclination was was like bought rolls. I mean, yeah. homemade rolls are fine. But if you're going to do that, do biscuits, you know, like that's like the, that's where we're at with this. So we got a very my, sudden my family would have vehemently agree. My whole childhood was built around rolls at Thanksgiving. So I am that psychopath. Unfortunately, I'm always, the, mm. I feel like I'm always that out. psychopath. It, it checks <laughs> out. Right. Uh, Nate, what are you thinking about with this team 
to the end of the season, you know, yeah. we're going to talk about the, the game on Saturday. We're going to talk about James Franklin's comments from yesterday. We're going to do some light previewing of this week. And I guess my biggest problem is I don't know how to think or feel about this particular game, given the locked nature of where Penn State is finishing the season. And, I, you know, the incorrect reality that you're predicting a win against the team, as Fitz said, in disarray. So... I don't want to say what's the point of this game, but what's the what's the what's the main thrust you're thinking about with this game uh, and and deriving some sort of meaning from it? I'm 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 just gonna lean in to being me on this one and and give you my soft sciences take, right? Okay. Because to me, this one is loaded with that, right? It is Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. campus is cleared out. It stinks to be at football practice this afternoon. Like those players are not having a great time for a final game of the season where their biggest goals have been eliminated, but also uh, you still got to win, right? It is still important to the Penn state football program to win this game. Uh, And so I think that you're, there's a little bit of fighting human nature in, in a game like this, where you are presumed to be the better program, I mean, obviously, right? I mean, the, in less disarray, certainly, right? You, you, are, you are expected to win this game, but also to do so, you have to do it on a short week uh, against the team that's won two of three and, and probably, right? I mean, uh, some of these teams that have um, had problems and are still playing hard at the end of the season. Like to me, that's a, that's a, that's a scary thing. That's not a right. I mean, Michigan state could have packed it in in October and yeah. nobody would have blamed them for that. Uh, they're still playing, right. They beat an Indiana team. That's always coached hard. Um, you know, so, so there is something to that. I think for, for this Penn state team to, to get through, because look, there, there is uh like it or not, there is still actually quite a bit on the line for Penn State. It's not a CFP berth, but yeah. it is double-digit wins for the fifth time in eight years, right? A New Year's Six bowl game, those things uh, may not matter in fans' minds who are frustrated and disappointed by what feels like a plateau, but they, they do matter for national relevance right? yeah. and staying on that plateau right so that's the, sure. that's the point is to stay on the but that's the, you're right that's that's fighting the the i guess the perception of it is a given and it is never a given that's the whole one and oh thing that's the whole point is it is not a given that you're going to win every game that you're supposed to win um one way you can do that though one way you can ensure that you get closer to that you can't really affect your talent what what God gave you is what God gave you, but you can do everything in the margins to make yourself better. I was listening to uh, Aeneas Hawkins on his podcast talking to um, Robert Windsor, and he said it doesn't matter in the NFL sometimes if you're the better player. There's a lot of other factors that go into uh, getting on a roster. And for high school kids and for kids that want to get to the next level and play at whatever level you are capable of playing at, you need to be the best possible football player that you can be. And the way to do that is to train 
and to train the little things. MMA FX is a hand fighting course taught by Bruce Lombard of Lombard MMA here in State College, but he's developed a video course to help people wherever you are in whatever situation you are in. He has taught some of Penn State's best NFL players. He's taught some of Penn State's coaches. He has taught some NFL teams, other college teams. He uh, His hand fighting course comes in four different se uh, sessions, or four different levels, excuse me, 25 techniques and 60 drills to help you master how to use your non-dominant hand, make you a better overall functional athlete, have better body control, and as you can see here, have better reaction times. All of these things. Football is not a linear sport. The gym is really important. Weightlifting is super important. But translating all of those gains and gifts you get uh, onto the field, you need to have a plan, you need to have techniques, and you need to be able to translate all of that into a football three-dimensional sport, and that is what he can do. The system benefits defensive linemen, linebackers, and wide receivers primarily, but they also have, he has an offensive line course. Um, and if you're looking for private coaching, he coaches the Penn State offensive line. He coaches Deny Dennis Sutton. Um, I think they should start coaching the receivers as well to beat press. That has been a problem <laughs> this year. Maybe they should have been with Bruce. Visit MMAFX.net to learn more today. Again, if you want to co contact him for a free consultation, MMAFX one-on-one uh, -on -one private trainings, small group trainings, Bruce at MMAFX.net. Uh, but one more time, the website, MMAFX.net. Nate, what was your impression when you got to go in and, and see all that stuff? Because I know that we and I, you and I really, uh, at the start of this, it was us going to check out Bruce and what he does. And I was super impressed. What, what did you think? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. He he actually has uh, trained some receivers at Penn State. I think Deshaun Hamilton may maybe spent some time with him. Uh, mm -hmm. There are probably some others, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's an impressive it's an impressive operation. And he's such a smart guy. Uh, he's so knowledgeable in the space, and uh, you know, it's a very unfamiliar space for me, but one that I think that athletes, actual athletes, uh, w would come to appreciate and enjoy. So uh, check out one more time, MMAFX.net. Fitz, we're getting into James Franklin's press conference, what he said yesterday. Nate and I had our a conversation afterwards. We can check out here on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. But um, let's start with the quarterback situation. Drew Aller off a short week, chance to play this week. Um, and more generally, what are your thoughts on Bo being more involved in the offense and playing two quarterbacks without getting into the dreaded two quarterback system. Yeah, that's the tricky part, isn't it? It's just, right. they're not going to go drive for drive, but I think getting him involved is, is the right, the way to go about it. Nate made some points after the, the game the other day about the, you know, getting him in early in the game and, and not sticking with it, but just getting him in early in the game. It didn't seem like a Yersich uh, thing that he wanted to do. Um, so I'm curious to see how that that plays out. I mean, it's, it's obvious, you know, when you're talking about an injury and Drew's didn't seem all that serious. James kind of, you know, said he thinks he's going to play, um, you know, the, you, you compare that to Indiana when they took Trey Wallace, who had the the upper quadrant injury. If we if we say that um, took him to the uh, X-ray, got him in a sling and all that kind of stuff. Drew was just kind of doing his own thing on the sideline, raising his arm. So you know, from that standpoint, it didn't seem to be a quote unquote serious injury. So, but we're, we're going to get a chance to see them at practice this evening, but the, the Wednesday practice has been moved up to Tuesday. So, um, you know, we'll hopefully have a little bit more on how much he's moving around and things like that. But yeah, I think you give it a shot. I think it give, gives you an opportunity to, you know, sort of play closer to the ball. You know, we've talked about the receivers and how they haven't really come through in the last couple of weeks, play closer to the ball, run the ball, 
open some things up for for Katron and Nick and and see what you can do and sort of push it across the line. It's you know you hate to make a late twenty twenty reference, but that's the way Penn State finished that season. They finished it with four wins, yeah. but they also finished it playing some very unpalatable football. So um, yeah. I'm curious to see if that's that's something they go to. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Bo should be in there more. I'm not sure where Drew is on the line of starting and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I, I definitely think we would see him more. So Ronald put this in the chat a little bit earlier, and I was, I don't want to say I have some problems with the way uh, with Ronald, but the question here I think generally is vague. I would you know, hope you I don't have problems with Ronald, by the way. Ronald, you Poor and I got Ronald. beef. Um, <laughs> but so I, I guess I don't want to I don't want to uh, undercut his question um, because it is a fair question of like the style of offense Penn State is running and two incongruent quarterbacks that with different skill sets that has been the whole thing all year. So he asks if James Franklin knew the style of quarterback Drew was, why didn't he go to a pro style offense and switch back to an RPO? You mean read option just as an answer, just to clarify here for Bo. Um, that has been, that's come up all year long fits. Um, what's the definition of a pro style offense anymore? Cause I think we think it's one thing, but I, I just don't know if we all have the same definition of what pro style is so how would you answer this question i don't want to say there's not a pro style but the pro game has gone in so many different directions i mean you look at what josh allen has done in buffalo and it's it's not totally dissimilar to what penn state has tried to do they haven't pulled that off um but yeah you've you've gone more from i mean pro style i guess you would go with the traditional drop back um you know three receiver type look um but that's not really I, you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot if you're just going to try and do that, especially with the array of receivers that Penn State has. So yeah. I don't know that there is an actual definition on this. Like this is uh, like if it's constant evolution, and that's kind of why pro style offenses that are thriving right now in the pros are multiple variant. You know, run they borrow run a lot from college. Yeah, they yeah. borrow. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. They borrow a lot from college. So I like you can run and a, a zone read in the pros. I don't know if you're going to be as successful, but like there, there are elements to that in pretty much every offense in the NFL. Yeah. And, and one of my takeaways, by the way, check out uh, my film room to get some corrections on this of what Penn state did in the game was, wasn't necessarily out of line for you mentioned uh, Buffalo. Uh, Jalen hurts is obviously a different talent for the Eagles. They run a lot of zone read with the Eagles. Um, th these things that they did were more in line with just standard what teams do now than I think fans felt like because they saw their five-star quarterback running the football. That happens a lot um, for various different situations. But Nate, this is something that you and I talked about off, off air yesterday, and I just want to get in this conversation. This offense was built for both of them. They made concessions this year. James Franklin talked about that in the preseason of it's hard to build an offense that is tailored to both guys. And he felt like they had a good plan coming in to do that. Where are we now? As opposed to where he thought we were at the beginning of the season and the journey we took to get here now. Well, is it part of this process of elimination or addition, right? Isn't there some level of evolution that happens? Um, yeah. The, the, right. And, uh, you know, fool me once, right? Fool me twice. And so after how many games of the receivers not being able to execute to the level that is necessary, right? I mean, Illinois, wasn't that like kind of a perfect 
example of that, of, of receivers running the wrong routes, not catching balls, drops, you, you, yeah. drops right? And so you you evolve right some of some of this stuff you would love to do <laughs> and yeah. and they tried to do but it didn't yeah. work and and not with any level of consistency and so i i, I don't know it's it's funny that you brought up hurts just because i watched that game last night he's not uh a like run first quarterback he's a pocket yeah. passer right but also runs also carries the football when they need it. And yeah. it creates a dyna- dynamic for that offense that is hard to stop. They're trying to do the same thing with Drew. That's that's what they had been doing for, I would argue, the last three weeks, maybe getting Drew to run the ball uh, just a little bit. It ended up burning them on Saturday where he got hurt. But overall, I, I don't think it's like this massive departure to a to the, to that read option that you were talking about T Frank, like it's not, yeah. it's it's not that it, it doesn't seem to me. So I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is a, a hybrid of Frankenstein. I'm not, that's, that's your realm. You can, you can, you can handle that. But uh, from my perspective, it, it just seems like this is a situation where Penn state thought it had one thing, tried to get that to come along. And at this point, and, and you and I talked about this after the game, T Frank, uh, win the game yeah. right Do, like what however that looks it it is not about anything beyond that it's not about Bo's development as a passer it's not about anything other than get the win yeah that's and that's been tough that's i guess that's the thing you look at the Rutgers game and on up until uh Drew's injury the, the conversation was this passing attack needs to look more efficient and cohesive and then you know the rest of the season does it does it matter is it just getting the win this is something that has come up uh Fitz that I want to address Drew Aller's confidence confidence whatever that particular means we've talked about this multiple times this year uh in from the post Indiana situation through the Maryland game into some of the other games We've we've James Franklin has been asked about Drew Aller's confidence throughout the season, and James Franklin always maintains that he thinks Drew plays with confidence. So what do, what do you think we've been seeing in the differences that seem apparent to everybody? That if it's not confidence, what do you think that it is with Drew that has been a game to game thing of whether he's on or not? That's a tough one um, because I wouldn't I wouldn't label it as as confident. I would label it as um, trying to be exact. And that Mm -hmm. is that is something that's been, I think, really hurting him in terms of like, hey, this guy is supposed to be here at the the, the Cephas route um, earlier, Mm -hmm. which was a an option type of route, I guess, on the outside, which Cephas went straight at the defender and sort of sat down, which I'm not sure why he did that. But, you know obviously Drew was expecting a comeback to the sideline. Like yeah. Drew was expecting that comeback to the sideline. That's where the ball is going. And that's, it, it's just the the rigidity that we see in the, that game doesn't scream confidence. I mean, he's confident to get the ball there. Like he's confident to get the ball anywhere. Yeah. The, the, the issue is I think that they're kind of like so far apart in, in what they're doing that there's just no continuity. There's no rhythm or anything like that. You saw them coming out the first play this weekend, throw that little, um, was that the Theo, the first pass yeah. uh, mm-hmm. of the game? You know that's a that's a rhythm establisher, and you know you just never never really kept up with that. So 
I think there's elements of confidence we saw in the Maryland game. Like when he thinks he, you know, when he's rolling, like it, it was that way with Clifford as well. When he's rolling, he can make, he can put the ball wherever he wants to put the ball, mm-hmm. whether those get caught or not. It's, it's hard to say. Um, but uh, he's, he, I think when he's confident, he's, he's a good quarterback when he's not, he's like sort of staring the, staring the worst case scenario in the face and wondering what's going to happen. And I don't know if that's been coached into him. I don't know if that's been something that, you know, has been sort of drilled into his head as we saw over the first nine games of the season or eight mm-hmm. games of the season, actually. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough to sort of put your finger on because I, there's, there's elements of confidence, but there's also elements of don't screw this up. And yeah, that's where, that's how we've gotten here. So the same conversation we can have about Nick Singleton and, and Nate, for the record, I just you know, we haven't talked about this off air. Oh, our video went a little long, so I cut that particular part of our conversation out. So I want to have it again here about Nick Singleton and his game so far this year has been uh, another another part where James Franklin has pushed back on the public narrative of what Nick Singleton has done, pointing to a more well-rounded football player versus the guy who gets the stats and big plays. And uh, what's your thought on just that Nick Singleton and his season? Versus what James Franklin wants to say, which is the positive route of look at all the things he's good at versus the box score stats. How do you come down on that conversation? Yeah, I think there's there are parallels, I think, between both of those players, uh, right? In terms of their trajectory as football players, Drew is doing all of the little things well, like a, a ton of little things. Well, really, truly. And maybe they're not little things. Maybe they're huge things, right? Not turning over the football, whether anybody thinks that's sexy or not is a big deal. That's huge. right? It, it just it is. Uh, it is a big, big deal. Um, you know, Nick in his pass blocking, run blocking, you name it, uh, different things, catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he's doing a lot of those things. Well, that weren't things he did he was particularly strong at last season uh right the 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 vision of nick last year it was funny because it's almost like nick caught up to or is catching up to all of the stuff that katron did last year and got no credit for right like that was that was part of that storyline last season was oh nick this home run hitter and what a great running back why why you know, not why give Catron carries because certainly that made itself overwhelmingly clear through the season that Catron did all of those things, but people didn't talk about them in the same light. They just didn't. Yeah. Uh, but James Franklin was pounding the table last year. Hey, Catron uh, is a good football player. He arrived as not a finished product necessarily, but a much more well-rounded yeah. running back he knew I how to play that professional position. running back when he got here because he just the the little as you mentioned the little things he was so much farther ahead than most not just nick but most freshman running backs his vision yep. all those things yep and so and so nick has been able to develop in in those areas i'm not saying that it's 100 percent right that that yeah. there isn't more room for him to grow there definitely is but also uh it's it's just how do you how do you make all of those gains and then unlock that next level that mm-hmm. he was able to show last year. I mean, look, the way that that Franklin laid it out <laughs> yesterday was he was he was speaking about it as though they were hypotheticals, talking about how people see four big runs in a game and they're like, "Oh man, that guy had a great game," but then you look back on film and he didn't have a great game. Yeah. 
that was Nick in, in some, in some of those circumstances that right. They, they weren't complete yeah. efforts and now uh, they are more along those lines. He's not taking losses in the backfield. He's always, I mean, he's always picking up three or four yards uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Those, those are good things. Those are good things for him. It's just a matter of, all right, what is it going to take to get that instinct back like that? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, that's the, that's the, the Aller, like confidence is the wrong word. To, to me, it's not confidence. Yeah. It's, it's instinct. It's playing yeah. with, it's playing with feel. It's playing like not th- thinking either one of those reacting with the correct answer, knowing correct. the answer and just playing. Right. Correct. Correct. And so, I, and I, you know, we'll see, we'll see where that is in their futures for both of those guys. But uh, I, I think it's certainly something that y- you, there is reason to believe it's in there. It's in those guys. It's just a matter of unlocking it. Fitz, I, I think it, it's fair to say, just you know, kind of going off what Nate said. If you look at the film and check out all what we've said about Nick all years, he he's finding the right hole technically. Like that's where the ball is supposed to go. His his uh, understanding of how to play the position is better. So, is this year of frustration and what it was for him, knowing there's a bowl game and and that bowl game was a big thing last year for setting up just the the special we were expecting from Nick Singleton this year. Um, is this year that area of growth doing the hard things and do you expect in the future that guy comes out a complete player? Is this kind of the Micah Parsons learning to play linebacker so that he can be a generational player later uh, for Nick? Yeah, I I mean, you hope so. Like, you can't say for sure, um, but you hope so because you, you've seen it in the past. And that's the problem with, like... Um, you know, sort of that that hindsight springboard um, into next season is because we've seen so many things that sort of mask, you know, it's, it's sort of like the scoreboard earlier this year. It masks the issues that they were having because they were scoring 40 some points a game. Like yeah. you think you say, hey, this team is scoring 41 points. They must be a good offense. Not necessarily. Nick getting those big runs and doing some great things in the process, like the way that he learned to run inside last year in front of our eyes, like on a week to week basis was awesome. Um, yeah. But you could still see the development in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think you got to lean on you. Hope you see that because I think there is talent there. It's just uh, how much of that does he need to shake? I mean, you look at that run that he got to the outside, which I think that, you know, he got banged up on the end of that play, took his took his head off the turf or whatever. Um, but getting him into open space like that gives you that sort of muscle memory where you can sort of recapture what you're used to. And that's a guy that was used to bouncing stuff outside when he was a high school runner and running away from people. And we talk about how the most efficient run is, you know, the one that they, is cut up back inside. You see that in the pros every week. You see that in the college game every week. But it's sometimes you you just like to see one bounce and see like that sort of thing come back to him, you know. And I, I think that's yeah. been the frustrating part, especially when you when you see it. And we've talked about him being sort of overcoached into this. You see a cutback lane where he had an end zone the other day, like that yeah. that, that was down in the red zone. He had one cutback lane going to the end zone and it's just not even registering. And that's a vision issue. Like he needs to get better at that. Um, But at the same time, it's just like, uh, it's like LeBron pointing, uh, you know, it's right there. It's it's right right there. there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, uh, I'm following the center. The center had the reach block. I got to go this way. And then, but you know, this is, this is where I'm supposed to go. Yes. And it's, it's what Nate said. It's what I said earlier about these guys that the instinct has sort of, I don't, I don't want to say the instinct's been coached out of them, but like, you're so convinced on what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be. It's like, 
okay, I'm coaching a youth basketball team and we're running an offense and this kid is supposed to go set a screen on where this guy is supposed to be and that guy is not there, but he still runs to that spot and sets the yeah. screen on nobody. That's what we're looking at right now. That's that that is the uh, the like sort of how we we have gathered this uh, this offense right now. And it's and I get it. It's very frustrating. You see talent in these guys. You see these flashes, and you you just it's like just get over that line. And eleven games into the season, is anything going to change? No. I mean, you're not changing the scheme. You're not changing the the type of offense that you run just because you have different guys playing the the um, or different guys calling the game. But uh, that's kind of what you got to go with on this last one and that's why i'm that's why i'm looking forward to seeing bo you know it's it's not a situation where i don't think that you put yourself in danger of losing the game by throwing another guy out there um yeah. but you know you can sort of help these other guys recapture what they're what they're looking for because that's that's sort of the instinct uh the instinct that they had last year with sean clifford this i, I want to just one quick point uh nate go ahead actually Go ahead. I, well, I, I just fits you saying that that nothing's going to change 11, 11 games into the year for what it's worth. They did change in the second half of that game on Saturday. They, they, they have not had uh, they had six explosive runs in the second half of that game. Uh, that is more explosive runs than they've had for games right. all season other than the Delaware game like that is that is a a something like a window into possibility i think uh you know depending on who is on the field for those types of things to be unlocked i mean i, I just I, I think that it's understood why they haven't had the seasons that anyone thought they would have in terms of explosiveness but there's a glimmer it was there was something there in that second half. It wasn't an accident, uh, and I think it was fairly directly tied to uh, Bo Perbula, To be honest with you, I yeah. hope I hope you're right. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking from a from a framework structure. Like you're not changing the playbook. Like you're not no, changing no, no. that. That's no, what I'm, I'm saying the results. About, you're right. Yeah, the results. Hey, when a safety has to sit back there and actually worry about the quarterback keeping the ball, and he's got to sit on his heels for an extra quarter of a second. That stuff matters, and that's yeah. what we saw. I mean, thirty-nine yard run right off the uh, right off the bat there. That that makes a difference, and and even Drew running like we can talk about Bo all you want, but even Drew running gives you some sort of pause to open a little bit, just a little bit more, just a little yeah. bit more. And I think that that's that's what they've been looking for, especially against the coverages they've seen. And and I I probably harp on one or two things I learn each year too much, but quarters has been a big part of the season of teams at, at the very least starting with two high safeties and saying, you're not going to throw the ball deep, whether they rotate down into the box and how they rotate it, One of those guys is a different story, but that to, to your point fits that, that 39 yard run Rutgers rotated their safety. The safety was too aggressive and he got caught inside and Bo can make you pay for that. So there is that different element he brings to the table, but drew was still able to, if you play two high safeties and you are covering uh, the spread formation, it was an empty chasm in the middle of the football field. And for James Franklin, I think the point was what was happening before was they would just run the running back into that look and you would get moderate results. But if you add in the, the running back as a fullback, as a lead blocker, suddenly you get 10 free yards and run them out of those looks. If the quarterback has to run, sure. But then we can throw the football uh, because they're less likely to go into those looks. Now, Rutgers didn't really adjust at any point in the game. Uh, but that's, you know, that's all... That's all kind of in, in the film review. I do need to get to now. Um, the next stage 
in your life, and that could be at My Perfect Franchise. If you're ready to leave your corporate job for the American dream, maybe you have a, a massive amount of a wealth of information and knowledge and experience, and it's just going to waste. You're just doing the same job every single day. Maybe you're looking for a side hustle. You're an entrepreneur. You want, you crave that being on the edge, right? Diversify your wealth, build a legacy, any of those things. My, my perfect franchise can help you out with that. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, 404-973-9901. I'll give that to you at the end as well. Whether things are booming in the economy or uh, they're on uh, downslope, there's always something in business that is growing it just it's never all dead at least that's what andy was telling me about what last time we talked about what's going on in the business world high inflation high interest rates people aren't moving so housing maybe you're not selling houses but you're definitely remodeling and i can tell you i've been remodeling my house quite a bit so he has personal experience whatever your skill set is managing franchises he's ready to find what you're good at so check out myperfectfranchise.net for your potential uh future and it's 100% free consultation. If you want to go check it out, uh, the Blue White Illustrated message board, he's always available there, or Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. And, uh, and that number is 404-973-9901. Also today, a sponsor of the show, and this is a special one for the holiday season because, as I can tell you, I can hear my in-laws uh, in the kitchen talking to my wife right now. Uh, I'm feeding everybody all week long, so I need an easy out. And at lunch, I don't want to think about what I'm eating. And that's great because Factor, uh, the number one pre-made meal uh, box service in America, has teamed up with us for the holiday season. Nate, I know you got a box. I made specifically sure that our uh, food critic, because Nate is, yeah. has, is our, the best person to talk about with food, um, whether these Just things were, were good or bad. And Nate, your opinion on Factor and the quality of food you were getting in their pre-made stuff. Our, our chubby-cheeked contributor, Nate Bauer. Nate, I want to stop you there. Because if anyone has been on the Blue White Illustrated message board and Nate has, somebody says, hey, what's the food like in State College? Nate has an opinion. It's not just like, That's hey, true. here's my favorite spot. He's saying, these are good restaurants. We don't have diversity. You have intelligent thoughts about food. So That's true. That's true. Did you usually I say the food thought... stinks? <laughs> well, I want I wanted, but factor you know, the... <laughs> factor does not stink. Legitimately, uh, they 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 are um, box comes in. It's awesome. It's like cold packaged. Uh, everything is neatly organized, and then literally the food itself. Uh, there's a variety of it that you can choose from, and it's good. You throw it in. I, I'm not a microwave guy. I like to throw things in the oven, throw it in the oven. You, you get a better quality. It's just a better quality than the microwave option. But my wife has tried them. She's at work and has to have a quick lunch. She throws them in the microwave two minutes. She loves them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was coming from a place of having all the time in the world to prepare my food during the day. It, it most days for my career. Yeah. 20. It, it doesn't matter. That's a, a separate conversation. Uh, the notion of the notion of a quick meal also being quality is yeah. very, very foreign to me. That that wasn't something that I immediately gravitated to. But actually, tr actually trying these, they're legit. 
They're legit. Yeah. They fill you up. Uh, they have lots of different options, gluten-free, uh, low carb, you name it. Uh, yeah. th- there's, there's all of it. And it's all literally every meal that I've had. I had a pork chop yesterday afternoon done in 15 minutes. It was awesome. So yeah, hi- also- highly, highly recommended. And please send me more factor. Thank you. <laughs> uh, they're dietitian approved and chef prepared. So these are experts in the field of food trying to give you a good meal, as Nate said, uh, without all the prep, because I like to cook. I love to cook. But when I don't have time, prep makes me want to cry. And this is the number one thing in the middle of the day when I'm trying to get these videos up, trying to get extra stuff for you watching film. And I just need to shovel food in my mouth. These were excellent for that. So if that's the holidays for you uh, and you need to take one of the meals literally off your plate and put a different one on factor is the way to go. Um, There's too many different styles, as Nate said, for us to to list right now. So you can go and this is the best way to do it. Uh, Head to factormeals.com backslash BWI to use promo code BWI50 to get 50% off. And if I said that wrong, it's here on the YouTube channel. Great reason to go. Factormeals.com backslash BWI50 and you'll get 50% off uh, your order. So go to factormeals.com backslash BWI50 so you can check out some of the stuff that Nate and I had over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, And just free up some RAM in your head. That's the other thing is like not having to think about what you're eating. You can make other decisions as well. Let's it's get great. into the other part of the conversation from James Franklin's press conference, which was um, the relief of what was happening versus what happened in Rutgers. And we're going to talk more about the change from Mike Yersich. And uh, Fitz, I'm interested to get your thought on the too many plays conversation that we had uh, yesterday with James Franklin and making the playbook as lean as possible and making it as, uh, as, as user-friendly for the players we're getting kind of a list of all the things that James Franklin didn't like by the positives he's talked about. What was your, what were your thoughts on uh, this whole conversation with how the, the two guys, Ty Howe and Jay Wansider did um, on Saturday against Rutgers? Yeah, I think he's happy with the way that it went just in the fact that they sort of move forward and move past all this stuff. Um, There's still, I think far too many miscommunications, which is, you know, lends itself to that conversation about having too many plays being too complex and, and things that, that guys, especially in the outside have struggled with. Um, so I think that anything that you can do to get away from that is, is positive. Um, again, I'm back on the, you're not going to change your framework. You're not going to change your structure, your scheme and everything like that, but you can simplify it. You can dummy it down all you mm-hmm. want and you can still beat these teams. And because y- you are better than Michigan state, you need to, establish what you're trying to do and you figure out your quarterback situation, obviously, but you're better than Michigan state and you can make it happen with, without trying to do so much and trying to do so much is sort of the, the theme of, of Mike Yersich, right? Like you look at the way that they've done things and and the way that you came away feeling after those games, watching that there was no continuity, that there was nothing that you could go to that like, Hey, couple of runs. All right. Time to get the passing game going. You know, that, Having like writing and saying the same exact things over and over again is is obviously not not good for anyone. Yeah. Um, But yeah, if you can make it more concise, I think I would say, um, then and get away with it. Nate Nate nailed it. Get it across the line. Like winning football games is hard. I don't think people accept that, but winning football games is hard, especially going on the road in a different environment like a pro stadium this weekend. It's it. There are going to be certain challenges. Now you have the ability to you know overcome them by being the better team. But at the same time, if you can simplify that as, as much as possible, sort of shrink that down as much as possible. And, and you know, it's like you, you're packing your car for a trip. You know, you get everything into certain number of bags and 
you know that that is how you that is how you get to the destination not by overloading yeah. everything so yeah that's a bad that's metaphor a great analogy. I, don't know. I, I mean, like no it, it really wasn't it was i'm I, I told you i'm thinking of a thanksgiving break and that's where i'm at with this and i'm wondering how i'm gonna no. pack all these kids and dogs and everything anyway it, um, it is but, like to a certain point fits like you have to make sure that you have everything you need you need yeah. to make sure you look good at dinner when you go out but you don't need 17 options. You need to choose what is the best possible option for you. Um, and, you know, much lower stakes when you're packing your suitcase until you have to pay for all the, the gigantic suitcase. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like that one a lot. Okay. Um, we can go with that. It sounded like an ad <laughs> read, too. So if we got any suitcase people that want to send to suitcases, that'd be great. Um, but no, I think uh, that that's what you got to do is you make it simple as possible. And I think if you do have Bo out there, you know, in an extended role, and like again, we don't know if he's going to start. We don't know if he's going to, you know, really play extensively or anything like that. But if you do have him out there, while it does throw the wrench in that there's two different quarterbacks playing, it is a system that, that these guys are familiar with. The part of this that comes up next is the new offensive coordinator and literally what comes next for Penn state in the off season, Manny Diaz, his options. We talked again, we talked about this yesterday on the post press conference video. Um, but I, I guess Nate, this is my problem is that I'm fixated on fixing the passing game, putting bow behind center doesn't fix the passing game. Um, mm -hmm. trying to fix it with drew, I thought was the point of the final two games. And like, I'm left without a point of like, okay, what's the, what's the 1% better this week? And it is, as you have said, we've just kind of hammered this home. It's get across the finish line, but how do you make, <laughs> do you not care about making these games appealing and finishing strong and what that means for being attractive to receivers in the portal? Cause they absolutely need to get receivers in the portal and to an offensive coordinator, just the general vibe around, hey, Penn State is not a place where offense goes to die. You don't yeah. want to start to get that particular persona. So does does that matter? And then just generally the, the coordinator search, how much does that immediately alleviate that if you get the right guy? Uh, a few things. Recruiting is just sales, right? And so sales can be two different things, right? Um, look at this that we have established and you can join that or look at what we can't do without you, right? Like look at, look at how our hands are tied until you join us. And so like you, this player is the ticket to, to us being able to do what we want to do and what we want to do just happens to align exactly with what you want to do uh receiver x right mm -hmm. so like that's right. that's a big part of this i i think that there is um look i, I think that i don't know I'm, I'm willing to say this and be wrong if you guys disagree with me i don't think that the 65 offensive plays that happen in a game are remotely in the same category of development as the thousands that happen in practice, right? Mm. Like there, yeah. there is, there are 15 bowl prep practices coming up just on the other side of this Friday. There are, there is all that opportunity, like that notion of, Hey, fix the passing game in season when it is very evident that there yeah. are some, some, uh, handicaps that won't allow them to do that. Right. Go, okay. Go back to the drawing board. 
on December 1st, right? Get, get, get your, your ducks in a row for that kind of stuff. Once you get into bowl prep and then certainly obviously on the backside of it, you have all winter, you have all spring, you have all summer. Um, So I I just think that yesterday was interesting in the notion of, all right, here are the breadcrumbs of things that Penn state did well that right. That James Franklin was, was talking about, Hey, here's what they did well. And the undertone is here's what, what Mike Yersich and here's what previously was not going well. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a very fair, like fair assumption that things that they're looking for out of the next offensive coordinator match precisely with the things that James Franklin said he liked about Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that. I mean, yeah. uh, me, I, 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 pulled them out yesterday because I, I thought it was so interesting just doing it in checklist form, uh, meeting the explosive play goal and this, third down yeah. goal. He said, he said that that hadn't happened. He couldn't remember the last time that that happened, right? That's a problem. <laughs> Having one missed assignment in the game offensively. When was the last time, right? That yep. d- constant missed assignments making, this was a, an under, sold one i think in terms of our attention to it making ruckers defend the whole field yeah right uh returning to successful plays forcing the defense to adjust i, I mean it's i, I want to put a caveat on that one doing it yeah. correctly because mike yersic would come back to the same play over and over again but didn't do it the way that got success apparently yep yep uh so i, I just think i just think that it was it was a fairly instructive moment if you if you parse through 45 minutes of a press conference and actually pull those out mm-hmm. of what he was actually saying uh hey here here are things that were deficiencies uh, and again it, it's it's just so important to not be so one-sided about this to not acknowledge and recognize that this is an offense under Mike Yersich that did have success it, there were successful elements of it. There were yeah. things that went well, but also not enough, not, not be, enough and not consistently. Be, be, this is, and I, I, if you check out tomorrow's show, this is a big takeaway for me is being a successful offensive coordinator is not just about play design. It's not just about coming up with the best option to beat the defense you're going to face. There are a lot of things that James Franklin has ticked off in the last week or so that you just got to. Some of them we didn't get to today, you know, in that checklist of things that go into being an offensive coordinator that he laid out uh, in the response to the direct question about were you not getting these things from Mike Yersich. All of that leads into the execution of the game plan. Stephen Light here. I put this up earlier, but I just wanted to give him a shout out because he's always here late to the party. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Greg Fischel, just cleaning up things in the chat. He says, pardon my ignorance, but could either quarterback enter the transfer portal? Yes, either quarterback could enter the transfer portal. Fitz, I want to get your thoughts on this conversation. I don't think that's what he was asking. Yes, any quarterback can enter. I I don't think either do. Like, I I think this is a Yeah, Yeah, I was entering the technical side. Yes, they're allowed. They, they're allowed. Yes, they are. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I see. I don't get caught up in the Bo loves Penn State more than anything in the world um, sort of narrative that's out there that that you could argue that why he wouldn't. I know teams have like been watching Bo to hope that he enters the portal because they want to shot at him. And it's not, you know, it's not Ohio State. It's not Michigan. But like teams are certainly aware that they think that he could play quarterback at this level. So, but you keep both those guys happy. And that's, you know, that's one reason you, you put him in the game and 
really really ride what he's good at and and then you've get you get this refresh you get this whole reset with the new oc um and it gives you a chance to you know sort of put everybody back at square one which i think we could all agree this is kind of what that offense needs is like a total reset because that's you know you were once again at the end of the season and it's not it's not happening it's not working mm-hmm. so total reset's all you got at this point so anyway get, get getting from there and going going to it um you know i think him being from pennsylvania does help but i don't i don't really think it's something that ultimately if he finds a better opportunity or hears of a better opportunity it's not something that you should lean on incredibly you know maybe that yeah that's something that comes out w- would be public but not not on the private things uh not on the private side of things so um you know it's going to depend on the hire to figure out what uh what fits with this um you know it's going to depend on sort of like how far behind you think he is like if if Bo is in a situation where you know Jackson Smollick's nipping on his heels and Drew is so far ahead of him that he's going to be the starter like that that is an intriguing option for him so like the the I don't think you can rule it out. I don't think it's going to happen, but you, I don't think there's any way that you can rule it out. Um, can I, from the, go ahead. I, I was just going to just very quickly. And, and th- this is in no way meant to be um, derogatory or, or anything along those like disrespectful, certainly. But like, if you're Penn state, you can't worry about losing Bo Prabula. That can't be your mindset, right? That yeah. can't like you. You have to prioritize making Drew Aller work. That has to be like overarchingly in terms of what's important to the program's long term future and immediate success. You got you got to make Drew work. This has to hit. It has to happen. Uh, and so you are doing all of the things in your power to make Bo and Jackson Smollick feel like they are being developed, that they're getting a fair shake, that they're all of those things. NIL is part of this, right? Like that's just being real. Those are all elements that are important. And I think Penn state's done a good job with those elements, but you, you gotta be able to, to call a spade a spade and say, Hey, Drew has to work. This is not an option for Drew to not work out at Penn state. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, um, just a general recruiting thing. Um, you got you've got Ethan Grogmeyer committed, um, uh, and and you've got kind of this couple steps forward in in the passing game when you look from a recruiting perspective and looking from a talent perspective that Nate is laying out here. Um, how do you think that how this is played out affects at all some none? Because I, I know I've asked you this a couple of times this year, but. D- the offensive coordinator, whoever it is, could reset all of this. And that's kind of the the positive springboard into the end of the year. But trying to get all of these things to get back on track of keeping that momentum going at the most pos- important position in football, how how on the edge is this, do you think? Because we can we can talk about the, the things around it that could cause problems. And if there's a problem, do you think that there is potentially a problem here with keeping that positive spin going with the way things went this year? I mean, that, I think that's a separate question than quarterback recruiting and things like that, because, okay. you know, it, it's the same question that the fan base has is how you're going to beat Ohio state and Michigan schedule changes, uh, you know, slightly next year, but it's still going to be, how do you beat the best teams on your schedule and, you know, continue to do everything that you need to do against the teams that you're supposed to beat. So I, I don't think it changes all that much. Um, yeah, again, fresh start is what you're going to do. You know, I was asked last week about portal recruiting for wide receivers why would anyone want to come to Penn State if you see what's out there in the field? Well, you just wipe that away and say, "Hey, we got a new offense coming in. You're, you're, you know, it fits what you do." And 
sometimes we give guys a little too much credit here. Like this is this is selling promises. This is what recruiting is. Like you yeah. can call it whatever you want to call it, spin or whatever. But this is this is selling that. So that that is how they're going to do it. Um, I don't think any everyone's going to agree with it, and I don't think that the, the fans here in our chat are going to say, "Well, I mean, Franklin's been here so long that you know you haven't had this." But you can also flip that on its head and say, "Hey, John Dotson was a first round pick a couple of years ago. Chris Godwin yeah. is one of the." was one of the best receivers in the NFL. Like we can produce receivers in that time period that Franklin has been here. So it's, it's kind of, you know, shining up whatever you want to shine up and, and, and making that appealing to some, um, they just got to pick the right guys. They got to pick the guys that can come in and, and go right away. Like this is, this is not a situation where you want to bring in more guys that need a year to get accustomed to the system and get him here in January, get him here in, uh, in, in spring practice. I want to put an end to this particular part of the conversation. Uh, Julius is here all the time, and he keeps making this point. And I just want to point out the other side of this, Julius. He says, do you realize in the last decade, Alabama gave up on three blue-chip quarterbacks, including the can't-miss Blake Barnett, who lost his job to Jalen Hurts. They also had other five-star talent. Penn State is not recruiting five stars at the same level. So yeah, Ohio State can lose Joe Burrow and be fine. Penn State has gotten a couple of these guys. And to just say, go back to Bo Prabula, and this is going to be, this is going to sound disrespectful and it's not, but like, if you go back to Bo Prabula, you are going back to the same place that you were with Trace McSorley, which if you go by the record and what happened from a great player who maximized everything he was, was still not getting you to Alabama, which is what you're comparing yourself to. So the best option is to get one of these quarterbacks that has the talent by the idea of recruiting and understanding the position and understanding the tools to make that guy work. What Nate said, Drew Aller has to work because you're not Alabama. You don't have five-star wide receivers that are just, you're falling out of your pockets. You have to make this guy work for a lot of those reasons. So I know Jalen Hurts wasn't a five-star. But the idea of comparing Alabama to Penn State in this situation is absolutely a fraudulent apples and oranges comparison. Let's move on and let's talk about um, the last thing, which is I just think we should spend a couple of minutes here at the end of the show appreciating the Penn State defense one final time because um, <laughs> we spent 52 minutes and 50 seconds talking about the offense. And then the defense, once again, pitches basically a shutout, you know, two field goals, but they have been excellent. We expect them to be excellent one more time this weekend. Fitz, I want to come back to you just specifically. Uh, shout out to your guy, Kevin Winston Jr. His development as a safety, the interception, culmination of a lot of hard work for him. But uh, the, the defense in particular, what has been your favorite part to watch about watch this year uh, in one of the parts of this, this, off, this team, I should say, that has been fun to watch? I like I like that it's always someone different. Like you look at the stat book and it's like the least impressive like tackle number and and everything like that because it's so spread out because of the way that they've uh, you know run their their rotations and things like that. Nobody's like has these standout numbers, but you see you clearly see that these are standout football players. Going to miss chop a lot. Yeah. Like cannot overstate how much they're going to miss chop Robinson. Not just as a pass rusher when he is out there, that defensive line is completely different. Um, but they do, you know, have a lot to lean on coming back. Um, thought Kobe King played another good game the other day. Abdul Carter's back there. Um, and yes, thank you for mentioning KJ Winston. He's a stud, man. Like uh, it is a situation where um, you've got, I think, a lot of the physical pieces and you can see it. You can see him processing. I asked him about that after the game. Like he's sort of night and day than where he was early in the season. And that's certainly the way that you want to go out. You look at the pick that he had and it was 
not the exact same play um, that Penn State got burned on in the uh, uh, in the Indiana game where they blitzed the corner and nobody picked it up. But yeah. they blitzed two corners off the edge. They blitzed Johnny Dixon from the slot. They yeah. blitzed Kalen King from the outside. And he had one read. Uh, Wimson had one read, and that was to try and get the ball outside as quick as possible. And K.J. Winston baited that dude and came straight into it. It was like artwork. Like Manny knows his shit. Like that is where he is right now. He is he is calling things really well. And when yeah. you've got the players to back it up, it's certainly entertaining to watch. And again, completely taken for granted this season. You you could say they wasted an elite defense. I think that's partially true, but really taken for granted how good that defense is. Nate, what's I don't know. Give you the what's next because we talked about that the other day. But uh, what have you seen from this defense that makes you think that it's going to continue no matter what? They're young. That's it. No, they're young, <laughs> and I think Manny will be yeah. back. And so I, I think that a lot of the hand wringing, it's like uh, this is a generational defense, and I, I think that it is a very, very good defense. I think it also has an opportunity to be very, very good next year. I think that uh, a, a ton of pieces will be back. Uh, a lot of them are just growing into their roles, right? I mean, Kobe King is a different player today than he was last year at this time and has the opportunity to continue to get better, right? Deny, uh, Jameel yeah. Lyons. I, I mean, it's just, it's it's pretty exhaustive, right? It's a, it's a comprehensive uh, picture of where this group is and where it can go. And I, I, I do think that they very much have the potential to be f- formulaically that a word? Sure. the same. Sure. Formulaically the same type of defense. They can, they can yeah. run Manny's defense next year using that same uh, ball skill defensive backs yeah. paired with aggressive um you know, uh, defensive front that can, that can capitalize, right. And maximize its opportunities. I mean, I think, I do think that there is a, uh, gotta, gotta resolve the third down and long situation. Uh, it's not anecdotal at this point. It, it yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They gotta be able to get off the field more it, in it's those funny. circumstances. They, they stopped the prowler package and they still gave up a third and long run. Like I was like, well, it's a, at a certain point, like this is just a, in the DNA. I don't know. Yeah. So, but other than that, no, it's, it's, it's very, very good. And as long as it stays good, Penn state's offense is given the runway to develop. It, it has that opportunity. This is a defense that can keep you in games, whether you're good offensively or not. Uh, yeah. you, you just want to be able to see it for Penn state on the offensive side of the ball, take, take those strides to, to match up, to get, to get from, you know, whatever, whatever we're going to call it a C level get it up to a B plus so that you can pair that B plus with the defense's a. And again, something that we don't talk nearly enough about special teams is a right. Like you've got, you've got yeah, speak high for yourself quality. There, what do you mean? <laughs> That's all I talk oh. about. Special teams. Okay. <laughs> I think you haven't noticed that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yes. You, if it's, it looked like you had something to say there. Um, no, I was just talking about special teams. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Falcons um, has been awesome. Riley Thompson has been awesome. Uh, Gabe Nwosu, who didn't cut it last game. Falcons came in and, and did his thing. Uh, Nwosu has been very good. I mean, it's just Stacy Collins, man. Um, I think I got asked in the second or third week of the season if he's on the chopping block. Pretty definitively <laughs> not on the chopping block. He's done an awesome job. Uh, so the the 
you said this, and I think that the presence of a star, a superstar player, can change things in such a big way for one particular position. Chop Robinson leaving, I think, is a big deal. Um, last thing I want to get from Fitz is, is the corner position, because I think that could be the one thing that could hold them up next year. What do you just generally the talent they have on the roster is pretty good, right? Like, what do you think of those guys from the way they've been able to recruit, even if they've missed some of the top targets they've gone after the last couple of years? Like, they still have enough. Do they have enough talent that if those guys progress, they can get this done? That was amazing, by the way, because I was thinking about corners when Nate was talking about ball hawking, and then I moved to special teams and it completely flew out of my mind. So I don't know how you did that, but we were thinking the same thing right there. Um, it's, it's okay. It's not, it's not at the spot that it is right now. Um, you're, you're, I think you're pretty obviously going to lose King Dixon and Hardy Hardy, obviously a very important part of this defense. I'm not sure where you go with that. Do you go King Mac in the slot next year? I don't know, but you've got Cam Miller, you've got Zion Tracy who they're really high on. Like they, they're, I think they think that he can be in that too deep to start a role next year, but I don't know if you want to like lean on that. Like you go out and find, you know, they went out and found Storm Duck last year in the in the uh, in the portal, and it didn't work out. But at the same time, like they recognize a situation where it looks good on paper, but maybe you'd like a little bit more of insurance there. So I think they do go out and look in the portal um, for a corner. Terry's always looking for corners. I mean, that's high school portal, whatever it's going to be. He's going to take yeah. all that he can get. It's such an important position. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can get out like a marquee guy to come in. Um, Corner is going to be expensive. Uh, offensive line is going to be expensive. Defensive end, defensive tackle. You know, like this is going to be a yeah. situation where you're you're going to have a lot of competition, especially with the way that the portal works and the certain windows that they have open this year. So, like that's going to be the goal. I think corner is is certainly up on the list in terms of where you're looking at for the portal um, coming off this year because they they feel okay about corner next year, but you'd love to feel great about it. Yeah. You'd love to keep that level, that maintain that level of excellence that you've had. And I think that that's uh, the one wild card for me because, you know, in the, in the chat, everyone's mentioning Tony Rojas. That's a great point of where is he going to factor in next year? They're going to have great linebackers. Zane Durant, you know, there's too many guys for us to talk about here. We've gone over our time. So I just want to say thank you guys for all of you, what you've done so far this year for Blue White Illustrated. This has been an excellent season of coverage. And I think we've done uh all of that because of your efforts um on something that I, I really appreciate you guys doing this with me so nate thank you i know you're going all shucks but thank you i appreciate it oh stop you're the best t frank well we're gonna end on that i'm the best we'll we'll be back tomorrow with uh the keystone kickoff show on the blue whale Shader youtube channel i'll be breaking down the game from Rutgers. we didn't really talk the, a whole lot about the game there's some interesting things there from a schematic perspective that I talked about in the film room. You can check it out there. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll have our pregame coverage with myself and Aeneas Hawkins and then the postgame show, uh, which will be coming up after the game. So that'll do it for today, the BWI live show. I'm Thomas Ryan Carr. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you later. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.